Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show hosted by me, Christy Demetrakis, the Empowered Speaker. I'm the president and founder of the Empowered Speaker, a company focused on teaching people the power of dreams and purpose and the importance of faith in conquering the fears that limit us from reaching our highest potential. I'm also the author of Faith to Conquer Fear, Inspiration to Achieve Your Dreams. You can find out more about my services and my book at www.empoweredspeaker.com. For those of you who may be listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show for the first time, here's what you can expect. This show will provide guests who will motivate you, inspire you, and give you tools to activate your goals and dreams, whether those dreams are entrepreneurial, corporate, or personal. And today I have a special guest to help me do just that. Daniel Amos is known as the personal relationship trainer that works with individuals, companies, and couples on getting their relationships in better shape. He is also a transformational coach, motivational speaker, author, and certified professional matchmaker. Now, that's intriguing. He has worked with many individuals over the years to create and get into the type of relationship they prefer and deserve. He offers many years of relationship advising, as well as live teleclasses and phone coaching. Daniel, did I mispronounce your last name? No, you did not. Uh, I tend to go by Amos, famous Amos. That's the best way to actually go. <laughs> right, but but it's, it's fine. You know, you can say it in a French manner. You can say Amis. However you choose, it's fine with me. <laughs> well, I'm not going to stick with Daniel. I'm just going to stick okay. with Daniel for the rest of the time. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I love it. This is going to be such a fun, fun oh, show. Yeah. I can tell already. Absolutely. So, Daniel, I read Read a little bit about your background, the professional, excuse me, the personal relationship trainer, which I've never heard mm-hmm. that term before, so I think that's mm-hmm. very intriguing. We're going to start with exactly what that is, and then mm-hmm. I want you to tell people something about you that I did not read in your bio. So first, tell us what a personal relationship trainer is. Okay, well, a personal relationship trainer is someone who aims to help get people's relationship in better shape. That's why I pretty much coined that phrase, I believe, at the trade market right now. But I coined it. Here's the thing. When you're dealing with a personal trainer, when you're working with a personal trainer, they're helping you to get yourself, your uh, fitness, your health in better shape. They're working with you in that regard. I work primarily with people who are looking to better their relationships. And as someone who wants to personally train them to help do just that, I am the personal relationship trainer, so I aim to help others get the relationships, whether personal or business, individual or company, in better shape. That You really should trademark that. That's a great, as you've described it, that is actually a very good title, personal relationship trainer. What types of people do you, I, know I heard you say companies and individuals, but really what types of people are reaching out to you? and for what needs specifically? Well, it varies. As far as the individuals go, uh, it would be women in general, 25 to about 55 years of age. Mm -hmm. So I tend to attract those in my uh, market. And as far as companies, that varies as well. So I work primarily with companies that are looking to better their relationships. They are looking to increase uh, team productivity. 
they're looking to better their company overall in some way, whether it's to uh, create better relationships with their customers, with their clients, with their staff, however it may be, that's who I tend to help. Oh, wow. Okay, that's good. That's really good. It's nice that you're able to to marry the two from the personal side because when I first saw you and your information, the first thing I thought about was love. Like, oh, yes. he's helping. He's helping people, you know, find find love or find good relationships or better the relationships that they currently have on a personal mm-hmm. level. But I love the I love the angle with the business piece as well because I I, tell you, I work for Procter and Gamble full time, mm-hmm. and we had a meeting not too long ago, and uh, one of our um, higher or senior executives was talking about culture. Um, mm. So much of of our environment is all about culture. I mean, you can and and culture is created and it's created over time. And you get a good culture or a bad culture, whether you're trying or not. You get some type of there is some type of culture. And Absolutely. A lot of culture is built on relationships. Would you agree or disagree? I agree a thousand percent with that. When you're in business, for any company, you're working with people. And when you're working with people, you're developing a relationship with them, whether it be short-term or long-term. And you're working with people, whether it's a team, a staff of yours, whether it's other coworkers, you're developing a relationship with them, whether it's vendors, whether it's suppliers, whoever it may be, you're developing a relationship with them. So it is relationship-based. Whatever you're doing, even if you're dealing with customers, you're working with customers, there's a relationship there. If you want to be able to attract and retain customers, you have to develop a strong relationship with them. We'll talk about that just for a minute, especially, and we're going to keep going back and forth between the personal, call it love, interest, and the business side. Sounds so great. in this world, this world of social media, I feel mm-hmm. like personally, now I'm, I, I'm of the age where I, understand the world before social media, and mm-hmm. I understand the world post-social media, or where we are right now. So I've right. experienced both. And, and speaking right. of love, I mean, I, so when I met my husband, I wasn't communicating with him via text or mm. email. Right. I wasn't, none of that. I mean, so if we wanted to talk to each other, we picked up the phone, we called each other, or I saw him, you know, came to see him, or he came to see me. So the the mm. developing of the relationship was very different than what I see today as to how people communicate and try to establish relationships. Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges you are seeing today as people strive to find those relationships in this new world of social media that we're in? Well, let me say that uh, I pretty much grew up in the same era where you wouldn't connect with people online. I mean, before the chat rooms and things of that nature, you would actually have to go out there and meet that individual. You have to find that person. So using social media or any other type of Internet platform to find matches is pretty intriguing. It's pretty interesting as well, especially considering the fact that just just the other day, I saw this kid in the store, and he was uh, playing on the phone. He had to be about 10 years of age, and he was on Facebook, and I started thinking to myself, at 10 years old, I didn't know what a Facebook was. I didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) anything like that existed, and it, it was just interesting to me just how far we advanced in this new age and the new technology that we have that that's available. Now, you can utilize it for good, and for others, they, it may be something that's bad or something that's uh, harmful to their business or to their way of life. 
utilizing social media can be very beneficial to you and for your company and for who you are, or it could be something that could be something that's not used in the proper way and could be harmful. I just want to emphasize that. So when you're actually utilizing social media now, when you're using it now, you have to determine first what it is that you're using it for. What's the whole purpose? There are people that are on Facebook, on Twitter, on different platforms, and they're on there all day, and it's not benefiting them in any way. You're not developing relationships. You're not developing any type of income. It's nothing that's developing from utilizing that social media platform. Your goal should be to use it in a constructive way, in a beneficial way. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to people who feel like they have established some type of relationship with someone just because they text them all the time? They've never – this is the conversation I, I have with my kids. I have two teenagers. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one boy, one girl, oh, my God, completely different <laughs> dynamics. Who would have right. But, I mean, like living in two worlds, it's amazing. Mm. And, and you know, in the cute little relationships that they try to have, we mm-hmm. often ask them, my husband and I often ask them, so, um, you know, what conversation have you had? Oh, we mm-hmm. said, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. What conversation have you had? And they look right. at us like we have three heads. <laughs> conversation means actually talking. Do you talk? Do you have to pick up the phone and talk? It would be really interesting to see what the next generation, how how they would actually turn out, considering how things are now with this generation and what they utilize uh, the computer or their phone for. Because, yeah, you would text now. Like, there are so many people texting and believing that they have a great relationship based on texting. Texting. (laughs) And it's more than that. It's so much more than that. And and think about just emails. And no matter how old or young you are, we're familiar with emails. And that was, that was the first piece of communication where I think we really started to get the training. You cannot interpret people's feelings and emotions based on the email. Because Absolutely. people would write things in all caps and you just assume they're mad. And really that's just how they like to type for whatever reason. Or mm-hmm. the tone would come off wrong. And it's really up to you and how you perceive it as you Absolutely. read it versus maybe that person's real intent, which is what we say to our kids. Like, you don't really know. <laughs> this is why you should have that human connection because they try to really say in that particular situation that we're expressing, we're expressing emotion because we're adding an emoji. Yes. We're adding a yes. smiley face. <laughs> but you don't have that human connection. You're you still would be able to misinterpret the message and it may come off as something that uh, that's sarcastic when it's not meant to be that way. So it's important for you to actually speak to the person. It's important for you to be around that person, for you to read their body language, for you to tell by their tone of voice exactly what it is that they're trying to express. That's why human connection is so important even in this day and age, especially in this day and age because this is something that we've seen the lost over the past years. What do you find yourself teaching people? Do you find yourself teaching people how to do that? Because I think there's going to be a whole generation that truly do not understand, which is why, again, I love what you do, that truly don't understand how to connect on a human level. Right. I think it's going to to happen sooner than later. Oh, yeah. I I believe that as well. Uh, 
where this this is I wouldn't want to because I, I tend to be very optimistic and very positive, but I believe in a sense that the next generation will be the lost generation because of the type of pattern, the trend that's happening today because of how things are now, because we lose that communication, that human connection, that things are going to be a bit worse in that regard. I would love to help people strengthen their relationships, especially the next generation, this generation, of course. I would love to help them strengthen their relationships outside of Facebook, outside of Twitter, outside of the Internet. I would love to help them in that regard because I know things will change in some way, shape, or fashion come the next generation. When you are working with your companies and you are called in to help them, what have what have you found has been consistent challenges that they're facing? When I'm called in to work with a particular company, what mm-hmm. what are some consistent challenges? Yeah, what are some of the consistent relationship challenges that you would say? Well it depends on it depends on the actual company. Sometimes they have problems as it relates to their team environment, the atmosphere, the work environment. How managers usually contact me and tell me, well, I would like to connect better with my staff, especially after there's been a merger or acquisition or there's been some sort of change in the environment and people are nervous and they're worried about their job and and, and, uh, they look at their job performance and they wonder if it's good enough that they need someone to come in to actually motivate them in that regard and to tell them that it's going to be all right and then give them tips and strategies on how they can improve their job performance because, again, it all relates back to relationships. So if they're improving their job performance is about strengthening their relationship with the customers, with the clients, with those that they work with, with other staff, with other coworkers, so they can be more effectively and work more efficiently at their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's consistent. And when you're working with companies, are you, are you working with just a, a particular team in many cases, or you work with senior management that incorporates that could instill something throughout the organization? Well, there is diversity there. I do work with different types of people, different types of professions and organizations where I would work with senior management. I would also work with the lower management. I would also work with people who want to bring in speakers, the event planners who bring in speakers because there, there needs to be a change there. There needs to be some sort of uh, a positive change because of what's been going on in their particular environment. So it does change from organization to organization and depending upon what it is they're bringing me in for. And, of course, if it's relating to customer service, I speak on that. I talk on how they can create better customer service experiences because that's what it's all about. If you want to have loyal customers, or loyal clients coming to you again and again and again and referring people to you and to your business, you have to develop the right uh, customer service type of uh, mindset. You have to know the strategies, and you have to know what it takes to bring in, to attract those customers to you in the first place. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to switch back over to the personal side now. I sure. that we can slow back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, too. It's great. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. So most of my audience, I would say the majority of my audience is women as well. Mm-hmm. 
And so um, since I've got the personal relationship trainer on the line, I think it only makes sense that we would talk specifically about some things that really do appeal to women. Um, so we titled this Three Steps to Creating a Successful Relationship, and I know we're talking both business and personal. Um, yes. We're going to shift to the personal side for just a minute here. Okay. Why would you say that most relationships fail? Most relationships fail because people tend to take their relationships for granted. Mm. People get into a relationship and it's all exciting and new in the beginning. They're they're excited to be around the person they're with. They they enjoy speaking to that person on the phone. Whatever the case may be, they're excited about the whole experience of being with that particular person. And then after a while, things start to decline in terms of their excitement level, in terms of their interest in wanting to see that person, wanting to be around that person, because things remain a bit boring in a sense. Mm -hmm. They're doing the same things over and over again. It becomes repetitive. And they get used to a certain thing, and they're not trying to increase the level of excitement to, to make the relationship have that new feeling, to make the relationship something that's exciting and fun and energizing. Instead, they just let things be how they are. And that's where most relationships feel at. I was on, uh, I was actually debating with this, uh, with this guy, uh, this was probably about a month ago. He's been married for about 15 years. And he told me that you should just get used to things being boring if you're married and in a relationship for a long time, and that's just how it is. Like, you should just be used to the repetition. Wow. <laughs> that's yeah. <depressing. laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I told him, I said, well, it, it, it doesn't have to be that way. Listen, it's a difference between having, you can have peace in a relationship for 15 years. It's a difference between having a successful, happy, fun relationship for 15 years and a relationship for 15 years. You can be in a long-term relationship and not be happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're so used to being with that particular person and it being so comfortable for you that you don't see a way to leave or a need to leave because you're used right. to the way things are. Mm-hmm. Mhm. You know, so, I, I think that's very true. I was expecting you to say communication. I actually wanted mm-hmm. to give that as the answer, but I think what you said makes perfect sense. I, I I often laugh when I have these kind of conversations. My husband and I, we've been we will be married 21 years um, this year, mm. and it feels like it just flew by. I mean, really, the only reason we know is because we've been watching the kids. And we're like, oh well, we must have been together for a while because the kids, you know, we're not, but the kids are. And so, right. uh, but it's one of those things. We we um, when we were at our old church, we used to be a part of a pre-marriage ministry. So we would uh-huh. um, we would counsel mentor. We wouldn't counsel. We don't have a degree. We would mentor couples who were about to get married and kind of take them through an eight week or twelve week um, study of just things that you should know to be ground, well grounded in, in being married. And mm-hmm. one of the stories I would always tell is. And when, what I would tell my husband, even before we got married, I said, don't start doing anything for me now that you aren't mm-hmm. going to continue when mm-hmm. we're married. Right. I've never been one to care about getting flowers. Um, mm-hmm. So fortunately, he never really gave me flowers, so I didn't get used to it anyway, but that's not right. he, And he knows that. But mm-hmm. I often tell people, I said, 
you know, every now and then over the course of 21 years, I get irritated that my husband doesn't think of something romantic for us to do. Mm. I'm like, seriously? He knows all the things I like. I like, <laughs> doesn't he plan something? I've been telling him, I'm like, I want to get away. I want to get away. I want to get away. Like, how many times mm. I say I want to get away and you just go plan something, right? <laughs> but, but here's what I've known about my husband since day one. He's not mm. that type of person. Mm-hmm. He's not the romantic type. Now, he meets right. every other requirement I ask for. But if you're asking him to put it together, figure out from A to Z, have some rose petals land going up the hall, that is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that, that's the important thing because you know your husband, you know what he's about, and you know yourself, and you know what you like and what you don't like. So it's important for two individuals to find out as much as they can about a particular person and if they fit right off the bat. Because usually what I say is that when you're in a relationship, it's a preview of how the, a marriage would be. Absolutely. When you're dating someone, it's a preview of how it is when you're actually in a relationship with them. And I mean, what I mean is not the first date, not the second right. date. I'm That's talking right. about after talking about after, after you really get to see who they are and what they're about they because you're discovering that person. And someone once told me that when you're on a date with someone for the very first time, you don't usually meet them, you meet their representative. Is this <laughs> well, said. well said. We're all on our first, first best behavior for our first date, right? I mean, absolutely, absolutely. Client first. It's always, you're always on your best behavior. I always tell my right. because... We are, uh, if we are nothing else, we are very honest with our kids. So when they were mm-hmm. horrible at sports, we told them. Uh, you know, if they didn't do a speech well, they knew. You know, when we, my husband and I are not those kind of parents that, you know, you, you go off and your kids think and they can sing and then they show up on American Idol and realize how horrible they are. No, we mm-hmm. told them at the age of three you could not sing. So, though, when things around us happen, of course, they're of the age where, they're smart. They see when marriages are failing and they see, you uh-huh. know, dynamics and relationships and things. And I always yeah. tell them, I just put my finger in the air and I say, as my Angelou always said, when people show you who they are, uh-huh. believe uh-huh. them. And if you ask them, them, you can wake them up in the middle of the night and I say, well, what does my Angelou say? What does your mama say? <laughs> they will tell you. <laughs> I believe that to be true. Now, we do get right. it with love, like love, being in love blinds you. And <laughs> God made it that way probably, that it blinds mm-hmm. you. But when you take a step back and go, okay, now, I saw just a little glimpse of anger that I hadn't mm-hmm. seen that looks like it might turn into something more given the right opportunity. Mm-hmm. Those are those things. Those are the things when people show you, believe it. Oh, yeah. I, I those, 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 are, those are the warning signs. Those are don't warning ignore signs. it. Mm-hmm. You, you shouldn't ignore it because they're warning signs, they're red flags. This is something that's being presented to you at that point in time for you to know exactly what this person is about, for you to know, for you to see this is the preview of who they are. So this is why you should actually pay attention to what they're presenting to you, for you, so you can make your decision at that point to say, do I really want to stay with this person or right. do I want to find someone else? Because this is And ideally person. that's all before you get married. That would be good. Absolutely. Get that out of the way before you get married. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Mm-hmm. We could talk all day. Um oh, we so can. let's let's leave let's leave the ladies with some some little tips on how to keep relationships fun, exciting. 
um, and loving. Okay. What would you say? What's some tips you would give them? Well, the, the the first thing you should actually do is to communicate. I think this is like the central focus of our actual talk. This is what we're talking about. Communication is so important in a relationship and many people actually overlook it. So when you communicate, you should have the focus of not only talking but also listening, actually listen to the person that you're with because Mm -hmm. people have everyone, every single person in the world, I would say the United States, but globally, in the world, everyone has this need to feel validated. They want to feel as though you heard them. Oprah Winfrey had, uh, she said something, which I quote her, saying that everyone has this need to feel validated, listened to, and heard. They want Mm -hmm. you to know. They want to know if you actually heard what they're saying. If you act, if you're actually listening to what they're saying, so when mm-hmm. you communicate, it should be a two-way street. You should communicate, and when also, you're bound to have some type of argument when you're in a relationship with someone. You're bound to have some type of problem, some issue. Everything is not going to be all peachy, and they're not going to be doves and birds flying everywhere all of the time when you're in a relationship with a person. It's not going to be sparks every single second. So when you have those arguments, it's important for you to fight fair. It's important for you to fight fair, which means no name calling, which means not bashing the person that you're with, not allowing them to bash you. It's important for you to communicate how you're feeling, to listen to what they're saying, and then come up with an agreement on how things can be better from that point on. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you should do is actually be grateful for the type of person that you're with. Appreciate them. You know, it's far too often we complain about the type of person that we with. We list the things that we don't like, that we we tend to dislike about the person and what they do and their behavior and their habits, that we don't list the things that we do like. We don't mention to appreciate Every time we have an argument with someone, it's always about, oh, this is what I don't like. You take a, you take time out of your day to speak to that person. You can plan it probably and say, this is what I'm going to talk about tonight. But <laughs> 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 well, why not actually make the time and make plans to tell them what you do like? Mm. Tell them what you're grateful about. That's a great idea. Tell them what you you appreciate. This is something that would help strengthen your relationship and your bond with them because Thanksgiving shouldn't only be one time a year mm-hmm. when you list the things that you're grateful about. It should be year-round. And it should be the same way in your relationship. You should list the stuff that you're thankful about, that you appreciate, that you love about your partner because it would allow them to stay motivated to continue doing those things. Right. Uh, you're right. You're so right. That's that's great. That's great, and I think uh, women should definitely take heart to that because men do respond a lot better when we encourage them versus uh, tearing them down, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Daniel, we have covered a lot. <laughs> it's old, so really? Oh, my goodness. I know. I know. <laughs> the time was going to fly. It always does. It always does. Right. So how can people reach you? What's your website? It'll be on the site as well. It's on the site as well, but... How do they reach you and tell us what they need to know? Okay. They can reach me 
two primary ways. One is through my primary website, which is danielamis.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-A-M-I-S.com. And you can go there. You can actually check out what I offer, the services that I offer. You can click on the left upper hand side of your page where say subscribe to our newsletter, click on that box, and every month you will receive tips and affirmations and quotes and things that will help you strengthen your relationship. If you're working at a business, if you're working for a company and you would like to strengthen your team's productivity and you would like to create uh, better relationships as it relates to your business, and you can also click on that left upper hand side of the corner of the page and on subscribe to our newsletter. And on the right side, there will be a way for you to subscribe to newsletters to receive tips on how to do just that also. I'm also, as Christy mentioned, a matchmaker, a professional matchmaker, where I work with singles 25 to 55 years of age find love. And you can go to professionalsinglesmatch.com for more information about the services and what I offer. How cool is that? Very good. Very good. Well, Daniel, thank you again for being a part of the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show. And I want to thank you all for listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show with me, Christy Demetrakis. I invite you to follow me and the show on Blog Talk Radio to get news and reminders for upcoming shows. I'd also like you to connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at cdemetrakis and my Facebook pages, Faith to Conquer Fear, and The Empowered Speaker. This will allow you to keep up with all the news and events to inspire you to keep it moving. I'm doing what I love. Talk to you soon.